Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, we've been navigating this COVID crisis for over a year now, experiencing deaths, lockdowns, sheltering, social distancing, working from home, homeschooling, vaccines, and a roller coaster of accurate and inaccurate information. Although there's some light at the end of the tunnel, many people are still feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, and somewhat unenthused. Can we explore this a little further this morning? Well, sure, Anna. You know, we've come through a lot these past months. And quite frankly, we're not through the crisis yet. You know, and as you said, there have been a myriad of forced changes, you know, significant losses. Our lives have been turned upside down and, and inside out. And the way many of us are coping is trusting that the crisis will resolve with the vaccines and life will return to normal, kind of going back to the way it was before. Yes, it's absolutely. I agree with that. And it's the way we've handled difficult times throughout our lives. We hit a tough place and somehow we adjust, get through it, and life goes on. Well, you're right. And most of us are familiar with that kind of stressful situation. But our current crisis, you know, as I say, it hasn't been resolved yet. And it falls into the category of prolonged stress, a protracted situation um, that really depletes us. Yes, I know we've talked about this in our first conversation, where prolonged stress was one of the categories that could activate trauma. Well, that's right. And the prolonged situation is, is such that we're unable to remove, remove ourselves from the stressors. So like the pandemic, most of us have experienced, you know, both mental and emotional energies, you know, which continue to drain because we're not able to nourish ourselves in the ways that, that we had become accustomed to and really conditioned to. So many of the marvelous distractions have been prohibited. Social gatherings, entertainment, uh, cultural centers have been closed. Travel was prohibited. You know, community activities came to a screeching halt. Even church functions and volunteerism were no longer available to us. So as we become more depleted, we're unable really to um, really fight off the anxiety and the worry and the cynicism. You know, it's like we feel overwhelmed with the negative thinking patterns. And this really lowers the overall mood state. Oh, yes, I totally agree. I see my some of my friends, family, co-workers really struggling. It's hard to stay positive and the lowered moods and energy are more common than we care to admit sometimes. Well, that's right. You know, in this prolonged stress can certainly lead in the long run, if unchecked, more serious mental health issues, you know, depression or trauma. You know, most of us aren't necessarily there at this point in time, but but we're having a tough time maintaining you know, and everything seems like it takes much more effort. You know, we feel like we're, we're just not getting ahead. And I've been aware of this phenomena in my own life and also with my clients. You know, it, it presents a, a chronic kind of mental, emotional malaise. I wasn't really sure what to call it. You know, the symptoms that continued to come up routinely were things like listlessness, lethargy, um, foggy thinking, problems concentrating, and kind of an overall apathy. Um, really like, a, I call it a, a chronic blah. And as I investigated this, I found that professionals around the world 
we're identifying these symptoms as well and really categorizing them, you know, in various ways. You know, they were calling it COVID or, or pandemic fatigue or COVID or, or pandemic burnout, emotional exhaustion, and also uh, COVID, um, what was it called? COVID stress syndrome. And what I was experiencing and seeing others, you know, also experiencing wasn't a full-fledged burnout necessarily, you know, nor was it the hopelessness or helplessness that we find so often in depression. And then I had a, a, a dear client of mine sent me this article from the New York Times. It was by a fellow by the name of Adam Grant, wrote this article, and he described this phenomena and he labeled it languishing, languishing, you know, I, and I'm like, oh my gosh, doesn't that really nail it? And he described it as this experience of stagnation and emptiness, kind of muddling through life, um, seeing our lives kind of through a foggy windshield. It's like, oh my gosh, there it is. Yes, there it is, languishing. Oh my goodness. Oh yes, I can identify. It's not a word that we hear very often, but it certainly fits. Isn't it? I mean, it just really frames it. And he went on in the article to touch on many of the features that you and I have discussed in earlier conversations, especially our early conversations, when we were talking about the initial threat and the initial fear and anxiety of the crisis that activated our survival network, you know, that primitive brain going into action in order to protect us, in order to help us survive, and having the amygdala, you know, which is that alarm, you know, activated and keeping us in a state of high arousal, you know, over prolonged periods of time. You know, and over time, when there's no reprieve to the stressful situation, you know, our circumstances have really kind of worn us down. Not so much that we've necessarily bottomed out, but it certainly has dulled our senses, dulled our drive, and also dulled our pleasure. Yes, it certainly has. That's the blahs, all right. It makes, you know, it makes me wonder if people are aware of it. It's kind of subtle, not as dire as depression or trauma, but blocking any enjoyment out of life. Well, yes, Anna, and that's just it. You know, unless we turn toward it and identify it, or as Mr. Grant talks about in his article, you know, name it, chances are we won't address it. So you and I have talked about the power of naming to tame emotional states. We've also discussed how important it is to turn toward the discomfort that we're experiencing and how this position of the observer self is really initiated by the practice of present moment awareness. And it proceeds something like this, where we identify that we're feeling in a particular way, emotionally upset or depleted, whatever that happens to be. We allow ourselves to turn toward that, really feeling into what's happening to us, you know, really assessing what are the dimensions, what are the factors, the thoughts that I'm feeling, uh, the thoughts that I'm thinking, the, the emotions that I'm feeling, the body sensations, and allowing ourselves to really identify that in the reactivity of our bodies. And then with this, by staying with it, it doesn't have to be for prolonged periods of time, but by staying with it, we can determine sometimes what's going wrong or what's amiss. And also, what's the next right thing? You know, what do I need? What would really be helpful in this situation? And that moves us toward that making a conscious choice and taking positive action for ourselves. 
Yes. And this is such an important starting point. Yes. You know, and so often this kind of decline or or, um, depletion, you know, has been gradual and we don't experience fully or necessarily recognize the full impact. You know, and as I said, this exhaustion state isn't necessarily to the point of depression or requiring clinical intervention. So it's not like we're non-functional. We're still participating in life, but at a lower energy level and a lower sense of satisfaction. It's like, it's always like pushing the boulder uphill. I think there's a lot of us that can agree with that, Dr. Jane. And it really does feel like everything feels like it takes more effort and it seems to not improve no matter what the task might be. Well, yes. And as we've also discussed in other conversations on a remaining in prolonged stress really can produce a vulnerability to future mental health issues. You know, recent studies tracking the long-term effects of all of these demands and stresses in the COVID crisis really confirms this. The clinical arena often refers to this phenomenon, not as languishing as Mr. Grant did, but as emotional exhaustion which is a physical and emotional fatigue that we experience as being psychologically and emotionally drained or draining. You know, it can feel like we don't have the capacity to deal with life's demands anymore. And yet none of us have luxury of putting our responsibilities aside, you know, and everything is touched by it. Our self-esteem, our overall attitude. Sometimes we move into cynicism, you know, our confidence and motivation. And that certainly plays into our work performance. You know, our our emotional intelligence is also impacted, which makes social connections more difficult. You know, and this all impacts our general overall health, also our commitment to the safety practices that we really need to continue. And just that broad brushstroke of the quality of life is impacted by this. Well, you say that this type of emotional exhaustion or languishing isn't hitting bottom, but it surely registers high on the unhappiness scale, if you ask me. (laughs) What's a reasonable antidote to this overwhelming issue? It has so many dimensions, Dr. Jane. Well, it it sure does. And, And so initially, it's about we have to turn toward it to really step into the reality of the ongoing crisis that we're in and ask ourselves, you know, how are we coping? You know, are we coping or or not so well? Has it fallen off? And yes, we've been going through this for over a year. And there are indications, you know, that there will be upcoming changes with the vaccines. Yet no real end is in sight. So yes, the vaccines are are here. And we can afford to uh, uh, allow ourselves to you know, exhale a little bit, but we can't afford to really be demotivated when it comes to the importance of safety. You know, it must be a priority. And the World Health Association or the World Health Organization is is the name of the the global um, health uh, facility that, that provides information. You know, it's emphatic about us following the recommendations to prevent future surges. These are foundational pieces, aren't they? Yes, they absolutely are. And although we may be experiencing the emotional exhaustion or languishing or the COVID pandemic fatigue, things can and will get worse if we don't make conscious choices to operate safely and conscientiously on an individual basis and also a collective basis. 
you know, we're not at that place, as I say, of burnout yet, but burnout is, is really a product of unchecked exhaustion. So it includes symptoms that we've enumerated, you know, just a moment ago, and it's often that next stage on the downward spiral as we move into, or I should say, onto the severe end of the continuum. And there are three coinciding factors that, that tend to fuel this movement, you know, in the downward spiral toward trauma and toward depression. And those are, if the emotional exhaustion goes unchecked, you know, if we don't intervene for our own health and safety, also cynicism, you know, if we continue in the negative patterns, you know, because as we know, the body believes everything we think. And so that also compromises us. And then the third factor is a depleted sense of our own personal accomplishment and our own personal worth. Yes. And so if, if we don't address the emotional exhaustion, there's really nowhere to go, but downward, I would think. Well, yes. And no one wants to go there. However, you know, to avoid further depletion and slow down and prevent this descent into that severe end of the continuum, moving toward mental health and emotional um, health issues, we have to face into ourselves. You know, our symptoms, you know, need to be front and center. And we also have to let go of our attachment to the way our lives were prior to the pandemic. You know, it's not always about turning back. You know, in this awareness, we have to find acceptance and also courage to move forward and to create new ways of working efficiently, new ways of, of socializing consistently and safely. You know, being able to give and receive support and set new healthy boundaries. You know, it's also about in this new era, providing personal space for ourselves to pursue individual interests, learning new things, uh, nourishing our, our relationships and really defining what we, what we can put together that will allow us to have what we consider a quality of life without the comparisons of, oh, this is not as good as it used to be. You know, it's going to be different. So it's cultivating new interests, cultivating new skills, and really taking care of ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. There are so many of the areas that have been totally upended in this last year and have stressed us all to the max, I think. Well, yes. And we need to ask ourselves with all of that, with all of these forced changes and all of these new demands, how am I doing? You know, am I okay? You know, and if we have trouble really sensing into this and answering it, you know, it's important that we engage with a trusted someone who will lovingly be honest with us, you know, who will tell us the truth about what they say, what, what they see, and help us review some of the life patterns, you know, like, am I struggling? Am I able to fulfill my roles both at work and home? Have my feelings changed significantly, my thoughts, my behaviors? Do I still enjoy certain things? Or, or maybe I feel totally depleted. There's nothing left that I really enjoy. You know, what is my daily self-care like? And am I consistent with it? You know, um, also things like, am I avoiding social contact? And how do, how do I use my, my getaway time? You know, that kind of free mental time. You know, is it with gaming or social media or maybe meditation or reading, maybe TV? 
you know, what is the extent of my worry? What are the things that I worry about? Also, is looking at our sleep habits because, boy, if we have a sleep disturbance, everything else is going to be affected. The other piece is how active am I? You know, am I physically active? Do I get up and move around? You know, am I, am I drinking, eating, or using drugs irresponsibly? And also, what, what symptoms do I notice physically? You know, do I live with a lot of body tension or body pain? Am I grinding my teeth? These are all indicators, you know, that something's terribly wrong. How often am I in a bad mood? And, and am I able to move myself up and out of that lower mood? And am I open to change? You know, do I have the energy to change? You know, and, and lastly, what do I have control over and what is really outside of my control? Well, this is certainly, you know, digging into the truth as we're living it now. We might find out from answering these questions that we do need to check in with our doctor or get some professional backup. Well, that's right. You know, and it all starts with, the awareness, the present moment awareness of asking ourselves what's going on right now and not out allowing ourselves to deny the reality of that. And, and we might find that it really kind of um, uh, moves into a need to bolster various parts of our lives. It's maybe we don't need a complete overhaul. You know, maybe it's about I need to spend more, give more of my attention to this particular part of my life or energy in this part. Or maybe I need to bump up my self-care or nourishing, you know, social time needs to be more of a priority, or quiet time, you know, or do I need to seek professional help? You know, it, it's also making the conscious choice to begin to envision and also plan for our life to move forward, not looking to the past in the same ways for our satisfaction and our contentment. You know, living life from the rearview mirror doesn't move us forward. Dr. Jane, that's a, that's a tough call. It is. It is. You know, it's acknowledging that, that we've begun a new era that requires us to think and behave differently for our own satisfaction and also for the greater good. And as we've said so often, Anna, when we live from that best and highest part of ourselves, we're really able to hold the truth about ourselves and any situation and make the conscious choices to do the next right thing. And it's an inside job. It starts within. It's about cultivating the awareness. It's about anchoring into those two primary relationships that we've pointed to with self, with a power greater than ourselves, if we're open to that, taking excellent care of ourselves, mind, body, and spirit, and also balancing our lives and, and balancing the stress as best we can. Living with emotional intelligence and making those social contexts you know, nourishing as best we can, uh, giving ourselves a quiet time to go within, and also the healthy boundaries that we've talked about in our relationships, and living in the commitment to do the next right thing. These are the pieces that will allow us to move into the future one day at a time. Well, I totally agree. And I know these points are all included in our video and podcast library of conversations for the good episodes. Thank you, Dr. Jane. Thank you, Lana. Until our next conversation. <laughs>